0: You're listening to Two Tape Decks and a Mixing Board, a podcast about life through the lens of music.
1: My name is Jay Mack for Two Tape Decks and a Mixing Board. Hey, and this is Sam Wade coming at you. Embrace yourself, Sam. We got a really crazy, fun episode this week. I mean, they're all fun and exciting, but this one is particularly uh, a little devilish, maybe a little, little uh, subversive, Ooh. little esoteric. I dropped uh, so three really big adjectives there on you. <laughs>
0: I like it, man. Go for it.
1: Well, first of all, I'd just like to tell our listeners that our show, a new episode is available every Wednesday on all major streaming services. Just Google it. We have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash two tape decks. And of course, besides uh, the funnest part of, it should be the funnest part of your week where we drop kind of a weird squirrely kind of scenario or conversation bit on you. It's a small little five to seven minutes. I think our longest one is eight minutes. So if you just want a little bite sized two tape decks, go grab it. Saturdays, Sam, we're going to talk about some, hidden things in music some hidden meanings hidden Ooh. messages hidden hidden secret agendas that maybe bands have <laughs> what easter do you think eggs. about all this where, where, where are you coming down on this do you think it's all shit, or do you think there's something to some of these uh these uh theories and weirdness
0: i think some of them um there are some legitimate things like easter eggs hitting in artwork and in the music um some of them are people looking for uh, You know, most likely people looking for something there, but we're going to dive into it and kind of like dissect it. And, you know, at, at least some of the more popular ones. And um, I've been looking forward to doing this conversation. I think it'll be fun. Let's just sit down on the couch and talk about hidden meanings.
1: Absolutely. Well, I watched I watched just briefly before we started this a documentary called Hell's Bells, which I'm sure you're familiar with. I didn't watch the whole thing, oh, yeah. but it was it was basically made during the satanic panic of the 80s where everything was the devil. And I think that's where a lot of this stuff started. Although it did predate it, because the Beatles were accused of doing some things, and Zeppelin, yeah. and but what was it? What was the first time you were ever exposed, or you were ever, uh, I guess, informed of maybe there was hidden messages and things you were listening to or or watching?
0: I think that uh, you know, growing up, I, I probably heard you know legends about like hidden meanings in music. Growing up in Sunday school, or you know something like that. But for me, the first time I remember like actually being interested in it and looking up stuff myself was centered around the Beatles. Big surprise, I know. Um, but there was a lot of stuff, you know, uh, ephemera in that, um, you know, icon of of the Beatles that lasted into you know the time period. So I, you know, I, that was that was it for me. What What about you? What was the first time you remember hearing it? The first time I really remember hearing
1: anything about weird, uh, subversive, possibly satanic messages in music, I was over... I had another friend named Sam, not you, but another friend named Sam. And he lived out in the country, and we were in his basement, and he had he had a tape of... It, had, it was like a mixtape that his uncle made for him. It had Hendrix, Zeppelin, Queen, Ozzy, like a bunch of stuff he wasn't supposed to be listening to. We were church kids.
0: Sounds like a good mixtape.
1: Oh, yeah. And I remember him telling me that there was there was a there was a Led Zeppelin song which of course now I'm intimately familiar with it which was a Stairway to Heaven which if you played it backwards it said all kinds of bizarre stuff. That was the first time I was like hmm because I knew about the Beatles but I was not really this was probably pre Beatles anthology where they actually just kind of fleshed out their whole career. Uh-huh. Um, so Zeppelin was the first, cause I was like, Oh, Zeppelin led Zeppelin. That sounds like an evil band. Uh, it was kind of, <laughs> cause I wasn't supposed to be listening to it. And he wasn't supposed to be listening to it either. And he would hide these tapes around his, around his bedroom. So his parents couldn't find them. Apparently he went out and bought some CDs and they confiscated them. So he started making, I guess these mixtapes and hiding them It was kind of, kind of funny.
0: So that was the first time that I was really aware of it, but. Um... I can dig that man. I, I, you know, what's, what's, uh, what's cool about that too. And something that, you know, we should kind of clarify for our listeners too. what you're talking about. There is like what, um, it's called backwards masking. Yeah. is like the, the, the hot button name for it. And I do remember hearing about that growing up, like backwards masking. What does that mean? And essentially what it is, Uh, You know, back when when things were on on cassette tape or recorded to magnetic tape, things still are sometimes. But basically, it was, you know, the reel on a spool. And when you would go forward, uh, it would play forward. And if you if you spooled it backwards, then you could play what you recorded backwards and it would sound different. Um, And then people started doing this with their turntables. Like back in the day, they could spin their turntable back the other way and they would start to hear these messages, so-called messages within music. It's interesting, J-Mac, that you bring up Led Zeppelin, because you're talking about the song Stairway to Heaven, and I think that uh, we should go ahead and listen to it now, forwards and backwards, and see if we can hear what people were talking about then. Does that sound good?
1: I I can't wait. I've waited 30 years, actually.
0: (laughs) Okay, well, I'll set it up. So basically, it's on the part of the song where uh, Robert Plant sings, if there's a bustle in your hedgerow, okay? And if you reverse that line... What it's supposedly saying is Oh here's to my sweet Satan. Okay? Right. Seems like a stretch. Right. right. All right. Well let's let's just, you know, let's just listen to it and you tell me if you can hear this. Here is stairway to heaven this section forward.
1: If there's a bustle in your hedgehog, don't be alone there. All
0: right, so there's that. Which I
1: gotta say, those are weird th- those are weird lyrics anyway.
0: Yeah, I mean, they are weird lyrics. Um, You know, probably one of the most epic songs ever made. Um, There was a time when you couldn't go into a music store and not hear someone playing that on guitar. Um, But again, let's just just listen to it backwards and see if we can hear this. Again, it's supposed to be, Oh, here's to my sweet Satan. So here we go. This is it backwards. Let me play it one more time. All right. Okay, because I didn't hear shit
1: no way dude no i am not hearing it way that's not hearing it no that's that's i'm calling bullshit on that one that's not real dude that's somebody trying to make somebody throw away their led zeppelin record or that's somebody that's sick and tired of that song which by the way if you (laughs) if you turn on any rate classic radio station you will hear that once an hour
0: all day yeah, role. it could it could be that I I get behind that. You know, it, when we had Ross Christopher on a few weeks ago, um, yeah. his latest record is called uh, a and I think this is kind of fits into that category of like looking for signs and patterns in in something that maybe don't exist. Um, yeah, I I'm not I'm not hearing it. I think if you if you wanted to hear it, maybe you would hear it, but no, I I, I think that that one is I'm going to call it bunk on that.
1: Well, let's move along to another one on my list, which I believe you do have pulled up, and that's Queen's Another One Bites the Dust. Now, this one, I actually do hear what they're supposed to be saying. He's saying, it's fun to smoke marijuana. It's fun to smoke marijuana. <laughs> I can hear that. I don't know what the hell the people that were li- that were listening to that Zeppelin one were doing. Uh, so so you got that clip pulled okay. up of Queen?
0: Another, do you want to play it forward, and then we'll reverse it? Sure, let me cue it up here. So... Um, so I think it's on the on the breakdown, right? Like where he's like just repeating uh, another yeah. one bites the dust. Hey, It's hey. like in the
1: middle of the <laughs> breakdown part of the song, yeah.
0: Okay, so, okay, cueing it up here, and uh, let's listen to it forward. Another
1: one bites the dust, ow! Another one bites the dust, hey,
0: hey! Another- okay, so that was, you know, everybody's heard that before. Yeah. And you're saying that we're supposed to hear... What again? It's fun to smoke marijuana. It's there. It's there. I swear it's there. Okay. Okay. Let's, let's, let's listen to it and see.
1: (laughs) It's fun to smoke marijuana. It's fun. I mean,
0: I mean, it sort of (laughs) sounds like it. It sort of sounds like it. I don't, I mean, no, I don't know. Let's hear it. it. Let's hear it one more time.
1: Play it okay, Again, okay, okay. <laughs> all
0: right, all right. I can definitely hear it in there. I don't know that I. I would call that a happy accident, personally.
1: Well, let's let's be honest. Um, that's really not that scandalous by today's standards. Um, no, i
0: no, definitely not uh, in our in our culture now. Um, when did that come out? Like nineteen eighty-two or something like that. It was early '80s. Now,
1: no, if it would have said something about a murder or something, I could have been more like it behind the 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 nefarious aspect of it. But yeah. But once again, I think people are hearing what they want to hear. Like if you played, okay, take take a song you or you or me have written, or or one of the projects we've done. You play mm-hmm. the whole thing backwards. You will eventually hear something that sounds like something else. Now makes me want to yeah. go li- go listen to some of our stuff played backwards.
0: You know, um, it can be a really effective tool in um audio production too. Like some of the coolest uh, solos I've ever heard in a song were actually played backwards. And you know, obviously there's the Beatles references, but there's um there's a song by this band called the Fire Theft, which was another incarnation of um the one of the first emo bands, Sunny Day Real Estate. And they put up this record, I think, in like 2003. And there's a song on there called Uncle Mountain. And there's a reverse guitar solo on it. Go and look it up if you've never heard the song, because it's great. You know, Jeremy Enoch was the lead singer of that band. Nate Mendel and William Goldman ended up being the Foo Fighters. Nate Mendel still in the Foo Fighters. The song's called Uncle Mountain. And this guitar solo is just so epic. And it's a whole like reverse thing. And it sounds really cool. But you know, it, it's interesting to me that people were looking for any kind of sign in there. I, I don't know. On that one, it's a little bit of a stretch. And it makes me think of like the most, probably one of the more famous um, backwards uh, sounds, too. Like, do you remember the the whole Beatles reference? Yeah. Yes, I do. So I actually got that one prepared so we can take a listen to it, too, because we've talked about it a couple times on the show. And it's from the Wide Album. Uh, what's the what's the song? Uh, revolution number nine
1: yeah there there's a bunch of weird stuff on that
0: with uh, revolution number nine there's one of the original things which was whole part of the whole paula's dead myth um he's saying um number nine but if you play it backwards apparently he says turn me on dead so oh i gotta hear i this. thought we could check that out yes, yes. please so do here it is here it is forward number nine
1: number nine number nine
0: so it's most of the song is just that repeating. So let's just, let's just play it backwards, and see if you, J Mag, and our listeners see if we can hear what, what people were hearing in this. I hear it. It's a stretch. I can hear it in there, but it's like a stretch. Like, why would he need to say "turn me on, dead man"? Well, it doesn't make any sense.
1: Right. If he would have said. Paul is dead we hit his we hit his body in a field in a shallow grave walked <laughs> 10 paces from the elm tree. okay all right then I'm then then you're like there might be something here but just turn me on them man turn me on but it is weird how far people will stretch their their uh, minds and imaginations to encapsulate things they want or want either want personally to believe or want other people to believe.
0: Yeah, it's it's something that's been happening for probably since the 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 dawn of humanity, to be honest. But I gotta I gotta give a shout out to the creativity. I mean, of like looking for those messages and hearing those things in there. I think that's that's pretty cool. Uh, and, and but but you're right. The whole like backwards masking thing was something that was part of pop culture for a long time. And and uh, given his reasons on why not to listen to rock music and and why it was had hidden messages and things.
1: Well, I got one for you. We don't have the audio pulled up, but everybody, our most people are familiar with Tupac Shakur and the myth that he faked his own death. Yeah. And and even prophesized it in some of his music. We don't have this pulled up, but there's a song called This Is The Life, This Life I Lead. And when you, there's a part of the song, I can't remember the lyrics, but I did listen to it. And if you play it backwards, it says, yes, I'm alive and me missing you. And I swear, dude, it's more clear than wow. the Queen stuff. Yes, I'm alive and me missing you. So Google This Life I Lead by Tupac. Now, though we could go down the rabbit trail with that. I think he's dead just because it's I conspiracy theories are hard to prove. But when you look at some of Tupac's lyrics, I don't have them all pulled up here, but there's there's a there's a paper trail a mile long of things he said and did before he died that kind of you could see how people could say. This dude ain't dead. Um, But I think that has more to do with the fact that he was such an icon in the hip hop community. Not not just the hip hop community, the music community, the African American community. And he meant so much to people because he was, he was kind of a, he was definitely a, a lightning rod, but he had some really powerful things to say. Whether you agreed with him or not could be up for debate. But People don't want to think that their heroes are dead. So I could totally see why Tupac saying in his song, yes, I'm alive and me missing you could really hit home with some people.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's a that's an interesting thing, too, because it's almost like um, almost like hearing from a ghost in a way. You know, and, you know, it, there's a lot of other th- uh, ways that, that this creativity has been applied to things, too. I mean, there are literal songs, um, you know, well, songs in in general, especially when they're more poetry. Um, part of the magic of them is that you can create a metaphor that can mean multiple things. And there's certainly songs that sound like they're written about one thing, but they're really written about another thing. You know, makes me think of that song um, Closing Time by Semisonic. Yep. Remember that song?
1: Like, a, that's a cover band staple.
0: Well, sure, absolutely. But uh, it was a huge song. And, you know, Dan Wilson, a uh, really amazing songwriter, um, who, if you follow his social media accounts, has some really great wisdom for songwriters, too. I highly recommend checking him out. But Closing Time, you know, was written about um, it was the birth of his child and really written from the perspective of uh, the, the child being born. So it was like uh, this whole metaphor for like new birth and new life, but it was written into this catchy song called Closing Time that everybody sings like as the final song of the show and it's time to close down the bar. But that's just the genius of that kind of stuff. And and there's a lot of stuff in in culture that way. Um, So I think, you know, knowing that those are possibilities also sparks people's creativity to find patterns in other places. But I'm thinking about, like, all the different, like, uh, Easter eggs that was hidden in, like, packaging or in the promotional materials or um, hidden messages in, in, like, the albums, hidden tracks and things like that. Lay some of that on me. Well, you know, for, for me, uh, one of the first ones that comes to mind is on uh, Nirvana's Nevermind on the CD. Um, it was, like, one of the first times that I remember um, finding a hidden track on a record
1: that was a big deal in the 90s like uh, occasionally yeah. i remember dc talk did that
0: right i know oasis did it on one of their later releases well you know they weren't the first to do it in fact um i don't know if they if anybody else did it before the beatles but the beatles were one of the first bands that have a hidden track too on the pressing on the original pressings of uh of uh, sergeant pepper's lonely hearts club band um Back then, record players didn't have like an automatic return on the arm. So basically when it would get to the end of a side, now all of our turntables, it gets to the end and automatically goes back to the start and resets. Well, some of the older turntables didn't have that. It would just the 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 needle would just sit in place on the inner groove of the record until you went and picked up the needle. It would spin indefinitely,
1: basically. My DJ turntable, I think I can't I don't remember the brand of it, but it's a newer one, but it's a DJ turntable and doesn't have an automatic kickback so it's so so we'll play the inner groove forever
0: yeah and so um the the you know the Beatles who were also kind of jokesters thought it would be funny um to do a couple things when the needle would get to that spot and one of them um i think this was george martin's idea was to get a really high-pitched um tone that couldn't be heard by the human ear but it was loud enough for like dogs to hear Mm-hmm. So that it would play this really high pitched stone, and then they just thought it was hilarious to think that like dogs would start barking and the people listening wouldn't know why. Yep. Um, but then after that, it it plays this gibberish that just continually plays o- over and over and over again. And I gotta imagine for the per <laughs> the first time people listen to this record, if they let it go to the end and they heard this, they'd be like, "What is that?" Because this is a long. This would happen a long time after like the piano chord fades out at the end of a day in the life it would just go to this crazy gibberish so i always thought that that that, that was pretty cool and when digital technology came out and cds were being made some people figured out that um because on the encoding of the disc you would give each track a, a number in the order um it was different than like a like a vinyl record where there was breaks and silence in between the songs you could assign a different number for each track And so, um, what they did with nevermind is they had this hidden track called endless nameless that they had all of these other tracks that were just basically a second long to just to count up the numbers till you got to track 99 and on track (laughs) 99 was this hidden song called endless nameless, which is just like a full out, just like ruckus song, probably one of my favorite Nirvana songs actually. Um, But when people that people didn't think to go to the end of the CD and then suddenly people would notice like, hey, why are there like all these extra tracks on there? And then probably thought it was a mistake. And then somebody eventually kept going until they got to 99 and then they heard that song. and Everybody was like, whoa, there's a hidden song buried on this album no one knew about. And it just kind of swept pop culture and other bands started copying that, too.
1: Well, the first time I think that I accidentally stumbled upon a hidden track, Oasis I think in 2002 did an album called Heathen Chemistry. It wasn't one of their bigger albums. It had some good songs on it, but it wasn't as popular as some of the other ones. And I was—I remember—I was at my second house that I owned, and I was out in the out in the yard, out in the garage at night, cleaning up, like sweeping the garage out and just just making it tidy. And I, the CD was over, and I didn't really feel like stopping it. And I, I must have been out in the garage for a half hour after the CD was over. Suddenly, blaring out of my boombox came this song which i think they called was called the cage if i remember it correctly and it was basically just them in the studio without any vocals just jamming a chord progression but i was like what the hell is this and (laughs) because i mean i was familiar with hidden tracks but i had never played that cd to the end like like you said once it got to track 11 or 12 or whatever the the last one was i would usually pop it out and just put on another cd so that is that is what I love about CDs is you can hide things and and stuff.
0: Yeah, you know, when I I had another experience with a hidden track on a CD once, um, that I have never actually seen duplicated in in another spot. Um, I that I'm sure it's happened, but there is the ability when you're mastering it, you could take a song and actually make it as a negative number, right? Because um, when you're when you're authoring a CD, you can have like pauses in between the songs that just like count down like three seconds. And then it yeah, the yeah. Next song. Well, apparently on those countdowns, you can actually insert audio. And I remember buying this maxi single um, by this uh, artist that we've talked about before named Phil Keggy. It was a complimentary like uh, EP, essentially, that went along with his album Crimson and Blue. And it was called it was called Revelator. And uh, I got a copy of this, and and I remember like uh, I was I was up late listening on the headphones, um, on the family stereo down in down in the living room by myself at night, and it gets to a point in between songs, and there's this just this ridiculous studio jam where they start goofing around and making jokes, and they're singing like this fake song about um the thing from adam's family and like just kind of <laughs> riffing on it and i started busting up laughing and i was laughing louder than what i realized because i had headphones on and yeah. it like woke up everybody in the house they were like what is going on and i'm just sitting there just laughing my 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 ass off you know listening to this song it just kind of blew me away because you wasn't expecting it at all so i love that kind of stuff um that you can hide little things Well, and this is going to be the old man in me
1: coming out, but that's what I definitely miss about records and CDs, I guess, as as well. More CDs, I guess, than records uh, was the 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 ability to hide things. Now, when you stream a song, you're pretty much getting what is labeled on there. I don't think they have hidden streams. I mean, maybe maybe they do. Maybe I'm just not aware. Maybe I'm not cool enough to understand that. But when you got a CD, I remember for after after Nirvana, and I guess. A band DC Talk had a hidden track, I believe. I would on Jeez on the Jesus Freak album, I mm-hmm. would I would hunt for hidden tracks on stuff.
0: Well, it became a thing. Do you remember when like uh enhanced CDs came out and there were, people would like hide um CD ROM stuff on a on a disc? You had to put yeah, like hidden sink. videos
1: and stuff, yeah.
0: Yeah, it would it like that phenomenon probably lasted like four or five years, like this stuff was being produced, but it was a it was a thing for a while, like you know, it's like anything to kind of create like a like a groundswell, or to like hide stuff on there just just for the fun of it.
1: Well, I remember I think it was Streetside Records. I'm dating myself at Mid Rivers Mall once again. I'm dating myself, which is still open by the way. Support your local mall, people. And I went in and I saw this. It was a single for Oasis, uh, the song "Who Feels Love," which was uh, like it was like 2000, so it was after their really big heyday. And I bought it, and I put it in my computer to, I guess, listen to it. And there was, there was a video, there was a video for the song. Barry, people don't remember, but you, they used to bands used to put out singles and like CDs, and there would be like Radiohead did this, two or three extra songs on there, kind of extra stuff. Not only did it have two extra songs, but it had a video but you had to put it in your computer to know cuz you've put in your CD player obviously your CD player can't play video but if you put it in a media player would pop up and this video would start playing
0: well i mean this isn't a this isn't a time before like you know youtube um before like tiktok before anything where like you could just you know it was before it was really the the whole uh, internet was in its infancy um, and there there wasn't like um, even bandwidth available to, to play clips nope. that much. So to find something better on a CD was like a nice surprise.
1: I definitely miss those days. Um, maybe maybe we'll get lucky and maybe somewhere down the line people will go, let's start putting out physical media again. In conjunction with our with our streaming releases and then put little extra stuff on so people will will buy this stuff. I love my my physical media. I love my movies and my CDs and my records.
0: There's still some artists out there that're doing that kind of thing and and finding a way to be to make things novel. Uh, and the reason I say it that way is like I wanted to shine the spotlight on on, on one of the cool things that like Jack White is doing. Like, you, like you can, you can almost argue that that Jack White is at least in a large part responsible for the whole vinyl resurgence. Um, with all the stuff that he started making with Third Man Records, it would make a lot of like special pressings that were limited editions that sometimes now for at hundreds, if not thousands, of dollars. Um, created new techniques to like mix colors of vinyl um, and do like all these special pressings. And one of the coolest things that he did um, was just. It was it was a little bit ago a few a few years ago now, but when he put out um, his record uh, called uh, called Lazaretto, there was a cool little thing that they figured out how to do. And when you put the record on and spin it on your turntable, in the dead wax of the record, it's encoded this pattern that only shows up when it's spinning. And what it does, if if you look at it from the right angle, um, it actually creates a hologram. Of I think it's an angel floating above the record that's coming from uh, on this on this vinyl. Record. Are you serious, dude? Yeah, it's a, it's amazing. Like, you know, there's still people doing this kind of stuff. You know, it doesn't happen quite as often because there's like production costs associated sure. with this kind of stuff. But yeah, man, go and look it up. I'm sure you can find like a YouTube video of it spinning or go and pick up a copy of the record. It's a great album. Um, but yeah, it's it's on there. It's 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 pretty cool well jack white is an
1: old soul i watched a documentary with him called it might get loud it was with him jimmy page and the edge i believe great documentary and they show him and like making guitars out of like like just terrible instruments and and it's i didn't realize how much of an old soul he was he wears like old-timey clothes all the time it's (laughs) awesome so yeah
0: yeah he's he's a great artist
1: contact us come on our show buddy
0: (laughs) you know, one of the coolest things too, um, that, uh, that I thought of too, for like stuff that was hidden. Um, and this is one that people didn't find out about right away. So I know on an, on a previous episode, we talked about, uh, when we did our icon series on Radiohead, um, we talked about the idea that possibly in rainbows and okay computer can, um, be mixed together, um, to create one like super record. Well, they're, they've been doing this kind of stuff in their music for a long time. There's a lot of hidden messages hidden in their music. Um, some confirmed, some not confirmed. Things in the artwork that are foreshadowing other records. But one very real thing um, in 2000 when uh, when Kid A came out, the original copy of the CD, and you can still find some of these. The original copy of the CD, um, if you lifted up the black tray inside where the CD sat and pulled that back, there was a an entire hidden booklet with artwork and writings and stuff that didn't exist uh in the in the main booklet for the CD. People didn't know it for a long time until like somebody probably pulled it apart. Like, wait, what where is the where the like this booklet was in here the whole time? It's that's a pretty cool thing too.
1: There's a copy of that up at my local slackers. I'm gonna have to go get it because I almost bought it last time I was up there searching like a dinosaur for physical media.
0: Yeah, well, if you find it, let me know. I almost bought it. I'm maybe I'll go up there this weekend and get it. Well, go up there and and it's like you know, like if you look in like little little spot where the CD um snaps in, you they can, can see in there, and there was like there was like some image that you could see, um, but you have to like lift it up and and look underneath. So. I bet you, I because you know millions of copies of this were made. I bet you there's some out there that like the owners never even realize.
1: Because how often do people pull apart their jewel cases?
0: <laughs> right, right. I got it. I got to tell you about one more hidden thing, dude. Go for and it. And this is one I'm pretty sure you've never heard this before, and I bet you a lot of our listeners never have. Um, but this has got to be one of the coolest hidden things I've ever heard about in a song. Are you ready for this? Do I have my shitting pants on? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's like that, but uh, it is. It is incredibly ingenious and cool. So um, you may have heard of the artist uh, Aphex Twin. Okay, now he's like an early, like like an early uh, uh, EDM artist. Um, he's a legend in his own right now. Um, but I, I forget the year that it came out. I, I, I think this was like in the in the late nineties, early two thousands he put out um, a single for the song called uh, window liquor and uh, <laughs> the B side. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely quite a name for a song, but the B side to this song was called it uh, was, was actually this, this whole formula uh, equation that is really unpronounceable because people just shorten it to a uh, uh, equation. But what someone figured out is if you take the audio file, of this song and play it through a a stereogram like a like a spectrograph um that um just displays the audio waveforms on the screen while it's playing a face is actually encoded into the audio that only shows up when you look at it that way now that has to be one of the absolute coolest things I've ever heard, because it's not relying on packaging or anything. It's embedded into the audio file itself. How cool is that? Sam, we need to get busy on some of this stuff. How do you know it doesn't already exist in our music now? (sighs) Blew my mind, bro. (laughs) For another fabulous and
1: slightly mysterious episode of Two Tape Decks and a Mixing Board, my moniker is J-Mac.
0: And I'm Sam Wade.
1: Saying until next week.
0: STAY COSMIC, cosmic.